Amen. Now, I wasn't um, on the preach this morning, but I told Charles, I said, look, man, I said, anything can happen. <laughs> so this is what's happening. We are going to walk through Nehemiah until December 18th or through December 18th. Um, I was looking at it this morning. And again, didn't 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 wasn't prepared on Friday, wasn't preparing on Saturday. I told him, I said, hey, anything can happen on Sunday morning. I said, so I'm up this morning looking at Nehemiah. I said, oh, man, we can't just do no overview of Nehemiah in one day. I said, we need to sit in this book. So I told him, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to open up this morning and then he'll take it next next week. But we're going to create uh, points from Nehemiah all the way through the 18th. Is that all right? Good. good. I mean, if it ain't all right, that's, you know, where we're going. Hopefully God is going to bless that thing. If you if you look at Nehemiah, you'll see how appropriate the book is for where we are and, and what we're doing. Uh, not just this church, but churches, period. Let's look at Nehemiah one through Nehemiah one one through verse eleven. Now I love saying this saying. I've been saying it for a long time now. I won't be before you long this morning. <laughs> it, it gets me happy to say that. But I, I, one, I love the old school folk, and uh, you know they would set you up for a long sermon when they would say that stuff. And uh, <laughs> you feel it? <laughs> they would, and it's like, man, you'd be like, oh my gosh, we're gonna be here for an hour, man. So I'm gonna let you know we are not gonna be here for an hour in, in, in this in this text. More like two hours. So here we go. Nehemiah one. No, no. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit two points from, and unpack those, and we're gonna be gone, man. Just something that's on my heart this morning. Here we go. Uh, Nehemiah one one. These are the memoirs. I'm looking at the NLT. Isn't that beautiful? Memoirs. I mean, he's writing a diary. Okay. The memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakalah. Can y'all say that? <laughs> yeah. In the late autumn, in late autumn, in the month of Kisviv, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. Speak, Lord. I asked them about the Jews who had returned uh, who had who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well. Say that with me. Things are not going well. They're not going well for those who return to the providence of Judah. They are in the they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted and prayed to God of heaven. Then I see it. Y'all get that? Now, listen, I, I'm telling you, I've been in this past this morning. All right. That's why I'm like, God is doing something. It's fresh. All right. Oh, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family 
and I have sinned, exclamation point. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are faithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even then, if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cup bearer. Isn't that beautiful? Now, we've been looking at. Uh, God at work, God at work from Genesis to Revelation. We'll be looking at God at work, Genesis to Revelation, right? And we see that Nehemiah opens up with prayer, right? Uh, he, he's given this news, this word about what's going on in the city, what's going on with the captives. And we see that he's hit with burden. He has a burden. He has a burden about what's going on with the people. And let me just start off like this. This is not a book about rebuilding the walls. We read it. We, we hear about how the work was done in 52 days that they rebuilt the walls. From now on, I want you to know that this book is not about rebuilding walls. It's about rebuilding worship. It's about rebuilding people. And you rebuild people by rebuilding worship. And worship has been destroyed and torn down with some people in their life since the pandemic has happened. And, and, and this is the thing. There was worship that was torn down in people's lives that the pandemic just only exposed. It exposed how much worship was not taking place in people's lives when the pandemic hit. The, the pandemic just said, there go another one. They, they ain't been worshiping me. There go another one. And this is what Nehemiah does. He doesn't say, yep, look at him. Look at him. He said, we have sinned too. I have sinned too. My family has sinned too. So my question to you is, what burdens you? Just think about that. What burdens you? Andy Stanley, uh, in his book about vision and leadership, I read it in 2015. He says that that vision ought to come from burden. I was talking to a bunch of young people at uh, Whitehaven High School last week, and I said, what you see affects what you see. Vision ought to come from burden. You feel me, Mike? Man, what burdens you? I was having a discussion with Renee this morning about burden, burden, burden. Yeah, I'm in this thing. I feel a preach on me, right? Just burden. And I was telling her what burdens me. You know what burdens me? Illiteracy, Melody. Burdens me. Folk who can't eat, that burdens me. Single parents, Fred. It burdens me, bro. H having to run and pick up your daughter and run here and meet this meeting, Fred. I get you. I, burdens me. It burdens me. What burdens you? What burdens you? My daughter was telling me about what burdens her this morning. She says some of her classmates, her peers, who don't have food to eat in high school. She, she's sitting around talking to some of her peers, her names, you know, be anonymous. And, and, and their parent has to work nighttime in different jobs to make ends meet. But the ends are not connecting. 
burden. And I said, well, how do you respond to that burden, Renee? And this is not to make our family the hero of any kind of preaching message. It's God is the hero. Make sense? God at work in, in the heart of this story. And she was talking about how she responded by trying to get food ordered for them. And she said that they also try to have DoorDash every now and then, but that don't work all the time. Right. And I said, how else did you respond? She said, praying that God would take care of that need. We see that in the text. We see Nehemiah. He has a burden. What burdens y'all? Just sitting there for one minute. What burdens you? Because if nothing is burdening your heart for God's people, you need to repent. If we don't have any burden, Jonathan, something is wrong. And it, and it's easy in this world that is so self-centered not to have a burden for other people, but a burden for ourselves. I was talking to a brother from Pakistan in D.C. last week. We we're riding from uh, my, my hotel to the airport and, and he and I have a great discussion about family. Right. He's from Pakistan, lives in Virginia, drives in D.C. We're talking about family and it burdens him the destruction of the family system in America. He said, man, you ought to go to Pakistan. All right. He talking to me. He said, you would love it. He said, they talk about, man, you know, America doesn't uh, would not be love. He said, they would love you in Pakistan. That's what he's telling me. He said, but I hate the destruction of family. And he tells me about an old show he used to watch when he lived in Pakistan as a boy. And then he comes to America and sees that the destruction of the family system. And I told this Pakistani brother, I said, listen, you and I must continue those values of family that burden us. If, if that burdens you, that family has been torn down, then build it back up. And you, this is what I'm telling you, I said, you as a man and me as a man and you as a father and I as a father, we ought to keep rebuilding that value structure. What burdens you? What, what burdens you? How do you pray? Are your prayers self-centered? It's all about me. It's all about me. I need to, I need to get this money. I need to get this structure. And what I love about Nehemiah. Is he could care about other people while his life, Charles, was on the line. Why was his life on the line, J.C.? Because he was a Jew serving a pagan king. His life was on the line every single day because they did not value the lives of the Jew. He was in captivity. He's a servant. He's a servant making under minimum wage, but he's in a position that God placed him in. He broke, but he's got influence. And he's burdened. Another way his life was at risk. This dude was the cupbearer. He not not just at risk because of his ethnicity, he's at he's at risk because of what he has to do for the king. He's got to drink whatever is given to the king first. He got to taste it, make sure they go kill the king. He going they'll know if it don't kill kill the king cuz it would kill him. <laughs> Imagine every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, parties, festivals, man, pagan celebrations. And you got to taste the wine, taste the water, taste the juice. I made it through another one, Lord. Thank you. Here you go, King Xerxes. We live in the day. <laughs> you, you feel me? And during that risk, ethnicity, risk, his job, he's got a burden for other folk. You don't see him complaining about his job. You don't come see him complaining about his status. Charles, he's like, Lord, forgive us. And he weeps. What breaks your heart? What makes you burden? What makes you weep? 
Because out of that burden, as Andy Stanley says, that's where vision comes. Vision. I got another burden I have is to see people healthy. So, so if you look at my Facebook and my Instagram, I promote some of the same things, right? It's, it's about health. It's about humor. Those are my two things. And it's about just having fun, you know, in the community. But community outreach, yeah, same, same thing on, on, on Facebook and Instagram. That's what you're always going to see. It'll be talking about health and, and humor and, and ministry through outreach. So I'm going to put some up there funny, but not derogatory, but fun. We're gonna have, because I think we ought to laugh. That burdens me that we walk around the church folk like the <laughs> What's wrong with the tight folk? You serious? I don't wear black suits all the time. I wear suits mostly through the week, but on Sundays I'm dressed like this. Cause I think come as you are to be real. It burdens me that we walking around talking about we the people of God and looking mad. It burdens me. I think we ought to have joy in the house of the Lord. Enjoy as the people of God. We ought to be able to laugh. God is good. Yes, he is. How? Ought to be some joy, humor, yeah. but man, health, man, we, we, we sit right next to the north part of Mississippi, the most, the most unhealthy state in the United States. Come on now. You just cross over the state line. You're going to see obesity all day long. It, it's the truth. And it's not, that's not condemning. That's the truth. People don't care about health. We don't care about health because we want to consume. If I see it, I want to eat it. The word smorgasbord is about having a plethora of whatever you like and just consuming it over and over. And we're constantly inundated with just come on, consume. It burns me. Health. 45 years old, man. I want to be in good health because I don't know where God is taking me in ministry, but I want to be ready for a place called there. When I get there, I want to be prepared for there. It burns me that we are unhealthy as a people of God. What burns you? So I prayed, Lord, give me operating limbs. Give me a sharp mind, Lord God. Help me. Help me. Help the people of God. Give me health. Help, Lord God. What burdens you? And in outreach, it burdens me. The church living in silos, not going nowhere. Just Sunday worship. The bread and butter of this ministry is that we go out. Somebody died, was killed at Whitehaven High School. Bartholomew Orr called me. I want you to go to this church. I mean, to the, to, the, to the stadium. And when he was calling me, he was really calling delivering word. I need that church on that field. Yes, sir. Got a call while I'm in D.C. from the president of Lamona One College because she ran to a veteran in South Memphis. Not a student, a veteran. This person needs help. So I'm scrambling scrambling in the hotel trying to find resources while I'm in D.C. Boom. And she connects that person. Burden. Gotta help. Gotta do outreach. What burdens you? It was not about rebuilding the walls. It was about rebuilding worship. And when we rebuild worship, we rebuild people. Nehemiah was broken on the inside. Because people were broke, they were broken. The walls were just a symbol of what was going on inside. Yeah. All this broken worship we got is just a symbol of broken people. Yeah. Broken people. So what are we going to do? What's going to shape your prayers? I, I, I like what he says. I'm looking at verse uh, 11. He says, oh, Lord, please. He says, please, bird, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight 
and honoring you. Then he says this, please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Please. This guy's a leader. Even though he had a low position among the pagans, he would have a high position among the people of God. Please hear my prayer, Lord. Please. He didn't go to the Lord with entitlement. You know how we do? We, we see that with the prosperity gospel. Just tell the Lord, demand of the Lord. Lord, you owe me this. Now he's like, Lord, please hear my prayer. Lord, please give me success. Whatever we do. Man, one of the things I pray and I, you know, I do it as a, as a benediction is, Lord, wherever my feet touch the ground, let heaven and earth meet. Please hear my prayer. Please. What burdens you? Y'all feel me this morning? And as we walk through Nehemiah, we're going to see this brother who's burdened about the brokenness of worship and the brokenness of people. And he's going to be opposed. He's going to he's going to have opposition the whole way. But as we know from the beginning of the, the reading of Scripture this morning, that even though he's opposed, God's work gets done. That's it. E even though he's opposed, what he's burdened about, the work gets done. We need to know that God's work gets completed no matter the opposition we deal with. What burdens you this morning? What burdens you this morning? I pray that we will pray again. I pray that we will pray again. Lord, rebuild worship. Rebuild your people. And use us to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would be with us this week. Allow us to be instruments for you. To put your name on display. Now save somebody. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.